everyone, and welcome to One Control Pro Podcast, episode 74. We are so close to 75. When I get to episode 100, like, I know it's like tradition that you should do something <laughs> special for your special episodes, but I don't know. Hmm. I still, I still don't know, like, what. I have no idea. I can barely figure out what we're doing, what we're doing for this show every week. Um, but yeah. Hey, I should finish introducing the podcast. This is uh, this is one control Pro podcast where I, Benjamin Yoder, uh, sit here and talk about video games. We talk about video games sometimes, um, most of the time, every every time. I think there have been a couple of exceptions where I talked about things related to video games, but it's almost always video game related here on my podcast. So this one controller port. That's the third time I've said that. Uh, nothing, nothing to like, like, like I said last week. Still, still reorganizing my life, so I'm still trying to fit into the new groove. Um, so there hasn't been too much video game playing. I think as I get more familiar with what I'm doing, I'll be able to kind of slot things more cleanly into my life right now. Uh, but I did finish up Blade Strangers this weekend. Uh, basically the only thing I had left to do was beat Shovel Knight's, um, um, story mode, which I actually like how Shovel Knight plays quite a bit. Um, and I did a quick play stream of, um, of Blade Strangers, so that's, that's up on the website. Uh, is that tomorrow? I think that's tomorrow. Uh, so quick play, quick play stream for Blade Strangers on the website tomorrow. Um, you can watch me get my ass kicked by some people online. It was pretty funny. Like, I've never found an online game before. And then when I was doing the quick play, quick play stream, I was like, I'm just going to try this out. And then immediately got steamrolled by people. <laughs> um, um, I did play a little bit this morning, actually. And, and I did find some matches online with one person. Uh, so one person was playing this morning. And... Uh, and I was able to play with them. He was about my skill level, so I I won out most of the matches. But uh, yeah, like like I said with 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 in that quick play streamer, like I'll say, uh, that game is interesting for like the characters that are in it. Uh, and I think it plays fine. I don't think there's anything particularly bad about it. I just don't think there's anything special about like um, if you're if you're playing at a casual level, I always say that always preemptively say that with you know fighting games. I'm a casual fighting game player. I take most of my knowledge from past fighting games and try to apply it to every fighting game. <laughs> um, so I'm not really here giving you the in-depth details if you want to, like, get competitive or something. I don't know. Considering the online team's mostly dead, I'm going to guess there's not really a big competitive scene for Blade Strangers, but who knows? Um, but I finished that up. Um, and uh, nothing really else to say about that. I think that's probably it. I think that's probably it for Blade Strangers for me. Um, I'm not sure if I plan to write anything about it. I was kind of kind of rolling back and forth about it um but but we'll see usually with fighting game articles i try to keep it short because i know i'm not gonna be able to really deliver to the extent that like uh, like an in-depth extent like i think i did a dead or alive 5 review a long time ago it's like like five paragraphs just me saying like this is really easy to get into also the story mode's pretty good you should play this uh i liked it at the time at least I'd, or i think i had to go back and reread it um but yeah uh, in addition to that, um, I also, th- this weekend particularly, was working on a um, uh, uh, Mighty Number no. 9 um, video. I 
sure I've mentioned it many times before, but it's coming along. It's actually coming along right now. <laughs> um, uh, and when I was doing that, actually, and I don't think I don't think this is going to show up in the the video at all. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the um, the original pitch for Mighty Number no. Nine. I, I never really paid too much attention to it, and this is kind of the the point I make about Mighty Number no. Nine with me in general is like I was not really invested in that Kickstarter campaign for Mighty Number no. Nine. I just kind of brushed the game off because I was like, I have plenty of other Mega Man games to play. I don't really need another Mega Man game in my life. And then just ended up having, ended up playing it. Thanks, Josh. You gave me a copy. <laughs> um, anyways, so I was, um, I, I decided to go and reread the pitch just because I was curious to see how much it changed. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think on paper, it doesn't look like that much changed. The big thing that really looks like it changed is that, uh, you know, uh, when in the original documents Beck like uh has the ability to absorb pretty much any enemy in the game and then um and then transform into something based off that or get a weapon or something based off that um and you know I was looking at it and thinking about like what that game eventually became and you know obviously they built the game to whatever you know play style they ended up with in the end but um you know I would I would think I think a lot about Mighty Number no. 9 and Gunvolt as two two of the same like design philosophies almost like so they're both made by any crates uh, my number nine Gunvolt, and they're both like from Mega Man blood um i i really think gunvolt doesn't have a lot of relation to Mega Man, but whatever <laughs> um it does have relation to Mega Man, but it's it's so vague in terms of like how it actually like comes together maybe more from like a story perspective i don't know i'd have to actually play more mega man games to get the story perspective anyways well the character designs are definitely like because yeah anyways <laughs> um but yeah so like um like gunvolt is a game where like all these mechanics like like gunvolt has a, a set of very complementary mechanics that basically make it so like at every moment you're playing gunvolt like everything flows into each other really well. I don't really know the best way to describe that. Like, like when you're playing Gunvolt, and I always tell people this because sometimes I some people play the game where they like stop and shoot things, and I guess there's no wrong way to play games, but I feel like a Gunvolt there is where it's like you cut you want to constantly be moving in that game, and the whole thing is that you like basically tag enemies, and then you have like an electric shot that deals damage while you're running past them essentially, and that's really the core flow of the game. There's other elements to it, but that's the core flow, um, and it keeps the player moving. It keeps the player never stopping. It just makes every like moment to moment gameplay is just like it almost feels like a like a speed run in some ways i know that's like a very over overused you know thing these days and i'm using it in my fantasy star online article as well that i'm still working on but yeah there's just all these pieces really come together in a nice way and and so gunvolt or not gunvolt uh mighty number no. nine has like a dash mechanic and that that comes together in a very similar way where it the, the entire game is kind of built around you hitting enemies while you're approaching them then dashing into them to to absorb them to get buffs in this case you know in the original document is saying you'd get their power-ups but i was thinking like i wonder if that really would have worked very well because if the core mechanic is dashing into enemies you would have been transforming all the time into like a bunch of random garbage <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm sure it would probably be very useful and like the game would be designed around it in some ways. And that would be kind of interesting. Like if you, if you, you know, if you were constantly dashing at enemies and constantly transforming and constantly, you know, having to change your play style, uh, I think that 
that would been would have been interesting. But I just think it would have been too much, probably too Im- ambitious. Might have been the right word. Might be the right word. Um, just like I, I I guess I don't know like how extensive those those enemy transformations were. But if you're like you know running and you're you need to dash through an enemy to get rid of it, and then you would have transformed into something. And then what if it's like something that was undesirable, <laughs> like. Obviously, you'd think that they'd be like, oh, it's a power-up, so it'll benefit you. But there's also power-ups in that game in Mighty Number no. 9. Like, the, the weird battalion, not battalion, uh, the Mick one, I think, is the one where he's, like, the little, he's, like, a little, little like, tank, not tank, uh, like, bulldozer guy. And it's, like, the worst power-up in the game. And every time you absorb something that would give you that, you'd be like, ah, freaking man. Anyways, it's just a thought I had. Um, but, I mean, obviously, if they went forward with that, they probably would have built the game to work around that that mechanic but i feel like with inti creates and how they how at least they made gunvolt and gunvolt 2 um and then also like how castlevania bloodstain uh, castlevania bloodstain uh bloodstain curse of the moon um turned out with like the um i don't know what the mode's called like the uh, the absorption mode where you like absorb the souls um to get more powers i feel like that is also like a quintessential like inti creates kind of design um and I just worry, wonder if Indie Crates would have been able to make that original game however it would have been. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's just a thought I had while I was looking at that stuff. The original design docs pretty much look, you know, pretty straightforward for the most part. It, it just looked like too much, probably, um, is is my thoughts on it. But hey, that's not the game we got, so it's not really worth, you know, debating that too much. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but it's, it's, uh, I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm happy with how my number nine turned out. And really this video is, I had a friend poke fun at me saying like, oh, you're making like a defense video to, in the case of mighty number nine. I'm like, it really is kind of that. I'm just, I see so much like butchering of mighty number nine online. And every time I try to get an argument about it, it's, you're not argument, but like, I want to talk about it. Maybe I argue about it. I don't know. But every time I try to talk about it online, I feel like I just am, am not, I have not curated my thoughts well enough to make a, a solid argument about it. Um, I think maybe the the biggest issue I have is that I pretty much just kind of point at, like, whenever someone's like, oh, this is a problem in my number nine. I'm like, hey, it was also a problem in the Mega Man, but you guys aren't complaining about that. Sure, sure you aren't. <laughs> um... Um, which kind of puts me in a position where I don't know if I want to get my, uh, Mega Man 11, um, if that would be valuable to, to kind of look at before, you know, doing the video. I kind of wanted to focus on Mighty Number no. 9, and I'd worry if I, um, if I put, like, a Mega Man 11 kind of focus on it, um, that I might not, like, uh, I might not give... Mighty number no. nine. I might not give Mighty number no. nine space to breathe. It's a pretty long article as is. Um, if I do play, I, I wouldn't want to spend too much time on it unless it was. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't want to spend too much time on Mega Man Eleven, but we'll we'll see. Um, I'm I'm just curious to play it in general. Possibly, we'll see. I like the gear system in Mega Man Eleven from what I've seen, but again, uh, I just have to pick up a copy and and put some time into it. That would be nice, but there's there's a lot of video games, and I looked at it last week, and it's not gotten much smaller. I pretty much just kind of put down Blade Strangers, and that's really just the only update to my stack of games lately. Um, I think it's time to start Valkyria Chronicles 4, um, but we'll see. 
I would like to do that. Um, Portland Metro Game Expo is coming up here soon, so i got to figure out something portable to play uh, on the plane if I'm just going to play more Xenoblade 2 or something. Or <laughs> I still have Monster Hunter Stories on my list. <laughs> um, I could also uh, finish the dating segments with uh, uh, Manaka and... Not Manaka, sorry. Uh, Rinko and Nene in Love Plus. Uh, I would like to play through those parts and just get kind of a feel for each of the girls. And I would like to do something on Love Plus at some point. I really need to do the the quick um, dating uh, thing where it's like a skip date where it's basically, it's not running in real time. It's just all happening um, as, as you do it. Because reality is, is that every time I get home, it's like five o'clock and I barely have time to talk to Manaka. And then 90% of the time she's busy doing something else. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Manaka. If you just moved in, we could be, we could, we could spend more time together. <laughs> um, yeah, is, is Love Plus every out? Now I think about it, we're going to go live Googling. I don't think Love... I think Love Plus Every was delayed until sometime next year. If I recall correctly. I didn't look at the uh, the Tokyo Game Show stuff for Love Plus Every. I should do that. Um, they had some cute bags and stuff at Tokyo Game Show for Love Plus Every. That was nice. But I mean, Love Plus Every isn't going to be in... in in English or anything like that. So, oh, they made the little chibi characters 3D models now. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe I should spend more time with Love Plus. I feel like I should. Someday. One day. I feel like I should be... I should play something more like romance-driven again soon. I don't know why that's a feeling I have at the moment. Because I'm so lonely, y'all. Uh, something that I actually thought was pretty cool, and I don't know if I'll actually touch on it, um, because, let me see, let me see, let me check the calendar. Yeah, um, the, uh, Splatoon 2, um, Halloween stuff. So, so I'm a big fan of, uh, season, seasonal content in a lot of online games and stuff like that. I think it's probably my favorite thing about MMORPGs, and you ha- you have a lot of older games that will have seasonal based content too, like, um... Like, uh, 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 there's like Christmas nights, there's, uh, like, uh, Home and Run, Home, Home and Run, um, um, The Simpsons, Hit and Run, Hit and Run, uh, and then there's just like seasonal games in general, like, um, Jazz Jack Rabbit, Christmas stuff, I just like seasonal stuff in games for some reason, and, you know, there's something... I'll say this about Splatfest and at least Splatoon 1. I haven't been playing Splatoon 2, so maybe I'm missing something with Splatoon 2. But I feel like um, there's always been some level of aesthetics that the the Splatfests feel like they they should have more involvement in, like custom graphics and things like that. And obviously it's expensive to do, and you could probably couldn't do it for like every Splatfest. And, you know, to some extent, it's actually, you know, the custom aesthetics are almost like the Miiverse stuff where people draw things. Um, but the uh, the Splatoon, uh, or Splat- Splatoon Ween, or whatever it is, um, it's actually really nice, and I'll, I'll link the pictures in the article, but, uh, they actually go pretty far in terms of, like, redecorating the, um, the, I guess, I don't know what the, it's called in Splatoon 2, whatever the plaza is, essentially, and I don't know if these costumes are, like, a part of the game already, but there's, there's a lot of, like, very Halloween-themed-looking costumes with, like, the, uh, 
the like uh, I don't know if it's Chinese with the uh, the little like uh, seal that like hangs down from the hat, and then like a you know Freddy mask and then like devil horns and stuff like that. It's just it looks like they're doing a lot for this Splat Fest, and maybe I just missed it. Also, they recolored the um the I guess whatever the squid squid or I guess octo the 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 Cali and Maria of this game Pearl and Marina their names they kind of reskin them I think with the different colors although I don't know if they typically do that I really should spend more time with Splatoon 2 at some point but I was really happy to see that and if you haven't taken a look I, I'd really highly recommend looking up the the Halloween stuff <laughs> side note I was also looking at Dragon Quest 10 Christmas content and I was like oh man I need to play Dragon Quest 10 at some point I love to look at Dragon Quest 10 this is a very uh, sporadic podcast i feel like i feel like i'm jumping a lot of topics dragon quest 10 someday one day i need to get a vpn set up so i can play the ps4 version or i could probably just look and see if i can play the pc version or something without a vpn i don't know um and then i guess the last news story and this is kind of continuation of um of a previous news story that i talked about you know the the castlevania collection that was coming to ps4 and <laughs> i saw a lot of articles that were were very disappointed that uh the original voice acting and stuff is not going to be in the symphony of the night collection uh for castlevania symphony of the night uh you know obviously the the symphony of the night voice acting is some of the most iconic like mimi internet content you know um but mimi meme i don't know why i said mimi i get that i was thinking about m-e-m-e-y mimi rather than mimi like m-e-m-e i think that's why i said that um but yeah um so i'm actually pretty excited for that to be the psp voice acting only because i wanted to play through the psp voice acting and i tried playing castlevania psp on a tv using a psp uh, or castlevania seat the night on the on psp using the psp connected tv and it was not a great experience um and i would really like a better way to play that that version obviously i think the best option would be dual language or dual voice tracks so you can choose between one or the other um but for me that actually works out very well in my specific case <laughs> um i would say probably the overall right answer would probably be to use the original voice acting castlevania voice acting and probably the, the i think it's like mid 2000s or so there's a quality to it to some extent like if you listen to curse of darkness and and this game and our dracula x and, and stuff like that they 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 had a they had a uh a style they were going for and i wouldn't say they were like great i would I always compare it to like how final fantasy 14 1.0 was where it was like very stage plays playish so it's like not a good quality per se but it's very overacted to kind of you know be a little almost maybe boisterous is the right word where it's like like everybody in the stage plays like everybody in this room need to like fully know my emotions based off my voice and like everybody needs to hear it and it has to be really loud because you can't like you don't have a microphone mic'd up or anything and so i like that style of voice acting and castlevania in mid-2000s is that style of voice acting uh, i think there's certain people who like that but i think there's also people who think like final fantasy 14 1.0 voice acting was atrocious things like that so I can definitely understand that. And then I think I think it's probably better that the Dracula X stuff, or the uh, Rondo of Blood stuff, I think that's translated into English. Is that English? I can't remember. I'm not sure how the Rondo of Blood stuff was handled in, in the, the PSP game. I think that may have not been in English, but they subtitled it. 
I'd have to look at it. Either way, as long as there's English subtitles, I'll be happy with that too. So I'm actually pretty happy with how it turned out, but I know I'm in a very specific situation where I do want to go back to play Cynthia the Night, and like I I do want to see you know. I've lost a lot of luster for something the night over the years. <laughs> I know it's a very, a very uh, uh, well-respected game, and it definitely did a lot for the franchise. That's that's undeniable. Um, but you know, there are many GBA and DS games that build off that formula, and I feel like as of Area of Sorrow, uh, all the games after that may not have been as well-rounded as a package as something the night. But they did more than what Cynthia the Night did and and really built on a lot of those core mechanics. And and I would like to go back to Cynthia the Night to actually, you know, kind of reevaluate that game a little bit. And doing that with the new with the new <laughs> it's twelve year old twelve year twelve years old now, that voice acting, the PSP one. Uh doing it with the PSP voice acting I would prefer just because I haven't really, you know, played through the game with that voice acting yet. Um, I did tr- start trying at one point, but I was doing it portably, and there just weren't many times I was like able to wear headphones and like listen to the voice acting. So I kind of gave up on that. And then I was debating maybe streaming it, so I don't know. We'll see. And then I tried hooking my PSP up to my Frame Meister, and that was a good time. <laughs> Video out on PSP. Very convenient in terms of you know being able to play, capture that stuff. Very inconvenient to play. <laughs> um... I wish there. I, I know there are some mods to like hook up a Dual Shock or something to a PSP, but man, it's not. It does not seem to be easy. Um, you know, the the obvious exception being the PSP Go has the ability to connect Dual Shock to to a, a PSP Go. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that stuff gets a lot easier, and maybe at some point the reality is is that once the PSTV gets cracked open on like a modern for- firmware, maybe I just modify my PSTV and I will buy original PSP games. I will pay for those unless they're like something that's ridiculously expensive and not being sold by like anyone. You know, it's like, a, oh, it's like Cube of War, $300. And it's like, don't buy Cube of War. Go emulate it if you can, because the only people getting that money is the person who has that copy of that game. <laughs> um, not not anyone at the company. So whatever, man. Pirate it all you want. <laughs> It'd be interesting if someone tried to resell Cube of War, though. I'm not sure who owned that. Atlas, I think they did. I would be... Su- I would weirdly probably not be very shocked if Cube of War got announced for an HD release. I don't know why. <laughs> I'd be curious to see that. It's, such a, it's a weird enough game these days that I feel like it would be a, like a good like PC Steam thing. Although maybe it's so common, those style of games these days, that it's not so bizarre anymore and wouldn't really be a big selling point. But yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll, you know, PSTV modified and just play PSP games that way. Someday, because I like to buy physical copies of PSP games, and, and obviously I can't put the disc into a, a PS TV. Right now I do, if I can, like with like Valkyrie Chronicles 2, I recorded... Did I record that? I don't think I recorded Valkyrie Chronicles 2, um, but I did um, I did play that on a TV um, using the PlayStation TV, because I bought a copy of like $5 digitally, and I had a physical copy already that I bought for like $20, or maybe I got the physical copy for free, I can't remember. I don't know if I bought it or got it. Um, someone gave me a bunch of PSP. My, my, my brother-in-law gave me a bunch of PSP games at one point. Uh, and I haven't really played any of them. <laughs> I think Valkyria Chronicles 2 is one of the ones I played. That was a very good game. I'm excited to play Valkyria Chronicles 4. I guess that's going to do it for this week. It's almost 25 minutes. Um, 
I have an article coming out this week. It's for uh, Rupupu Cube, Lup Salad, and I also sneak in a little bit of Sayonara Umihara Kawase talk in there. So that article's coming up this week. Um, I'm still working on the Fancy Star Online article. I decided to restructure it a bit. I felt like I went a bit too in-depth about something that really didn't matter that much. Um, and then so I kind of grinded it out a bit and then also played a little Fancy Star Online 2 to kind of update some of the information to be more modern because I, I haven't spent that much time with Fancy Star Online 2. Um, Mighty Number no. 9 videos or script is coming along. Again, all this stuff is kind of moving slow right now because I'm trying to, you know, reorganize how I'm spending my time and my life. <laughs> um, um, and then I got Portland Retro Game Expo coming up. Um, um, next weekend uh because i won't be able to record a podcast at that time uh i'm gonna go ahead and record a podcast uh probably right now <laughs> um and uh just have it have something in between i'm I, the podcast will probably be about um kind of my time with the nintendo wii um i'm a big fan of the wii and you know it's not gonna be anything formal i'm just gonna kind of go over over my years with it and then just kind of some thoughts on it so you know if you're like, oh, I want the history of the Wii, nah, you're not getting that. But if you just want to hear me ramble about the Wii for 20 minutes, then hey, you're getting that. So there you go, special special episode 75, me rambling about the Wii. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna be it. Uh, quick play stream game this week's gonna be uh, Hardcorps Uprising. Unless there's some reason, you know, the, my 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 stream time's very close to my flight time. Not very close to my flight time. It's the next day, but you know, I just I, I don't I don't anticipate any issues with streaming on uh, Thursday. Uh, Lost Dimensions. I'm still streaming that. That's coming along. Uh, we're getting to the really interesting part of the game where I have to start like figuring out who the traitor is in in it. And um, I was a little worried that I might be a little get a little like. Uh, stale between Valkyria Chronicles 4 and Lost Dimension, which is still a possible possibility that might happen. But uh, I think I I think Lost Dimension is unique enough and weird enough that it might stand out on its own. Uh, and so I'm hoping Valkyria Chronicles 4 um, also also surprises me. <laughs> Maybe Lost Dimension is weird enough that Valkyria Chronicles 4 can't surprise me. <laughs> Lost Dimension is not that weird, but there's some really cool things in it. So. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it for this week. And then uh, probably when I get back uh, the week after that, I'll probably do an episode on Portland Retro Game Expo and, and stuff I did there. Um, if you're going to be Portland Retro Game Expo, feel free to hit me up at Twitter. At O-C-U-L-I-N, I believe. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's at O-C-U-L-I-N. Let's... I can't remember if it's Ben T. Yoder. Okay, my my display name's Ben T. Yoder, but uh, the the Twitter handle is O-C-U-L-I-N. So feel free to hit me up on, right there. And uh, I won't be at the show for super long. I'll be there pretty much all day Saturday and then most of the day Sunday. But I made it a short trip, unfortunately. So it's going to be kind of tight. Um, but yeah, let me know if um, let me know if you're you're around and uh, and and then maybe we can say hi and then maybe you can see the garbage games that i said i wouldn't buy but i absolutely did because i'm a trash horrible person i got a raise though so i deserve it <laughs> um, uh, anyways that's gonna be it thanks you guys for coming i forget if i said but hardcore hard corpse uprising is the quick play stream and that's gonna be it ciao